Welcome to the Hashimoto's Healing Podcast. I'm Chelsea, a fellow Hashimoto's warrior and registered dietitian, and I'm here to help you through your Hashimoto's healing journey and get you feeling good. Yes. Each week, we will dive deep and provide you with tips, tricks, and everything you need on your healing journey from myself and some amazing guests in the community. If you're ready to start ditching those Hashimoto's symptoms and jump headfirst into your healing journey, then stick around. Let's get started. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to this week's episode. I am so excited. We have the gut health queen here, Amanda Sausita, <laughs> gut health nutritionist. Oh my gosh, guys. She, if you don't follow her on Instagram, you have to. She is so helpful when it comes to really making gut health make sense and just like, oh, maybe I do need help. And I love that. Amanda, I'm so glad you're here. We're getting a chat. Oh my God. Uh, me too. Thank you. I'm excited. Hey, me too. I'm so as you know, right? Hashimoto's warriors are listening to this podcast. And yes. we all typically have gut health issues, which is mm-hmm. always a blast, you know, <laughs> you know, yeah. yeah all the good stuff. It's a, uh, a shit show. No pun intended. Well, pun in- fully intended actually. Yeah, um, <laughs> and I would love to just talk today about thyroid health, a connection to gut health, things yeah. maybe we can do like tips and tricks, all that good stuff. How does that sound? Sounds good. Yeah. Love it. Dive in wherever you want to start. Yeah. So Gut health is one of my favorite topics, but I feel like it's so, it's like new, but it's not, you know, like, yeah, it's like such a trendy thing right Mm -hmm. now, but we should have been caring about our gut for so long. And um, so when it, like, can you just talk to us about the connection between thyroid health, gut health, why they matter together and all that good stuff? Yeah, I I, want to kind of touch back to something you just said about gut health being trendy, but also kind of not because it's always kind of been around, but it's trendy now because we're kind of thinking about it. And uh, I want to say like one of our very first feelings as a baby is a gut feeling and that gut feeling is hunger, right? Like when you're a baby, there's a couple of things you know how to do. You know how to cry when you're hungry or you cry when you're just upset about anything, but hunger is a big one, right? Your babies are eating all the time. And so hunger is, I think one of those original gut feelings that we have. And so gut health has been part of our lives, you know, since our first breath Mm -hmm. and we can get disconnected, you know, from, from different parts of our gut. So I'm like trying to break it down to, okay, there's so many like different pieces and routes we can go down to. Um, One of the big things that I do see a lot with people who have thyroid issues and also people who have gut health issues. And like you said, they tend to overlap, which is, you know, fun, not fun. Um, One of those things is food sensitivities. And that's a lot of where I worked. Um, That was kind of my entrance into the gut health space was looking at food sensitivities and food intolerances and how they can truly impact someone's not only digestion, which is one part of gut health, but also their overall kind of well-being and even relationships to food. Mm -hmm. So that is, is a biggie, I would say. Yeah, totally. And it's so crazy because I think when it comes to healing, and you probably see this all the time with with your gut health clients too, like 
we come into a healing journey thinking we have to concentrate on one thing and Uh it's like, just tell me what to eat for the gut. Tell me what to eat for the thigh. Right. And it's, Uh and I always have to remind the people that I work with that it's where our whole body is connected, right? Your thyroid hormones do a lot of converting in your gut. Mm -hmm. So we need our gut to be in a somewhat of a good place. And I know so many women suffer with all these symptoms when they, especially when they're first diagnosed, Mm -hmm. like bloating, weight gain, um, like not low HCL, you know, all Mm -hmm. this stuff. And no one knows Mm -hmm. what the heck to do about it (laughs) or like what, (laughs) what any of it means um, or that it's even connected to their thyroid. So can you touch on that a little bit? Yeah. What, what, like, um, do you want me to touch on like, okay. (laughs) Yes. I'm just like, yes, yes, yes. Yeah. Wherever, wherever the wind takes you. (laughs) Oh, I love that. Yes. To all of that. Uh, I think it can be very overwhelming, Mm -hmm. uh, to, to, to kind of see, like you said, when we think of healing that, there's, we think, okay, there's just one thing I have to do. And then this is the next step. And it's like this linear, linear, how do you ever say it? (laughs) You know, process like step one, step two, step three, and you don't go backwards or you don't go Mm -hmm. sideways. And, and that's really the actual part of, of healing or working on anything, quite honestly, uh, especially as evidenced by my route with therapy, you know, you, you make a step forward, And then, you know, something happens and it might feel like a step back, but it's not really, or you're taking like an offshoot of the main road to get somewhere else. I think that's one thing to kind of keep in mind is whenever you're working on something, it's not going to be this clean process that we all would love to have, but it's not the reality. And I think a, a lot of that is tied into and and you can speak to this as well. I think it's tied into a myth or this belief that we all have to have a perfect gut or that there is such thing as a perfect gut or a perfect thyroid. And, and I don't think that's, at least for gut, that's not really true. There is no such thing as, as a perfect gut or perfect digestion a hundred percent of the time. That's not really a reality. And so when we let go of this idea that we have to have no bloating ever, or never be constipated ever, or never have urgency ever. Mm -hmm. It makes life and our goals more realistic. And it makes us feel better knowing that there's not this unattainable thing that we're trying to work towards. Uh, So yeah, I would definitely want to point that out that there's no such thing as perfect. Now there's definitely things that we can do to get to whatever our goal is, whatever our goal is for our thyroid, whatever our goal is for our gut. And I think that's where I started to really see, what's the word I'm looking for? That's where I really started to see the disconnect is sometimes we get on the, like we get really hyped up to do something and we're really great at doing it. And then life happens Mm -hmm. and all the kind of habits or things we might've had in place may start to fall to the wayside, which can impact your gut health, especially your digestion piece of gut health. And that's where I started to realize where I wanted to move more of my focus towards is how can I help people keep these things up that supports 
their gut and gives them that gut friendly life that they're looking for. Um, so that's where I started to, there's like so many routes in my head of going down, but that's where I started to develop my perspective to gut health, which is, um, a, which I call like the mindful gut approach. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's a lot to dissect. You can ask me a question. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So mindful gut, it's so it's my, my mind is like one right now. Okay. So obviously when you say mindfulness, do you mean, yeah. and you probably mean a lot of different things, but right. Yeah. Um, do you mean mindfulness with your relationship with food, with stress, with, um, you know, those kinds of things or like what, what, how do you define mindfulness? Good question. So let me break this up into two parts. First, I I think the way I define gut health is a little bit different than most people. So I'll talk about that. And then I'll talk about like how I define mindfulness. Yeah. So my perspective with gut health is looking not just at what we most often think of, which is digestion, which would encompass like the bloating, you know, the, the constipation or the diarrhea, things like that, that I think that's one part of gut health. The second part of gut health, I think, is looking at the microbiome, which is kind of like this another trendy word we're hearing about what exactly is the microbiome. And it's all this healthy um, bacteria that we had living in our gut. But the thing is, we still don't know how much is what's considered the gold standard, what what bacteria is considered the gold standard. We're still learning quite a bit about the microbiome, but, but we do know, kind of like you mentioned, a lot of you know hormones can get produced there, serotonin being one of them. Uh, the microbiome that bacteria can influence blood sugar imbalances, can influence metabolism, can influence bone health. So there's just so many areas that the microbiome in of itself affects our gut. So we have digestion, microbiome, and the third area that I think the gut gut health should like be a part of the conversation is looking at your gut feelings or your gut instinct. We all have, you know, that inner knowing of like, this feels right for me, or this doesn't, or I'm not quite sure. So listening to what our gut is telling us, yes, I think really needs to be part of the conversation of what gut health is. So that's how I kind of define it. So good. Yes. It's, you know, you never, it's so true. You never think of like trusting your gut as a Mm -hmm. part of gut health. And like, Mm -hmm. and that's so similar to Hashimoto's because it's, it comes from a place of showing up for yourself and trusting yourself and talking good about yourself and, and nurturing yourself, right? Like, and, and just from a place of positivity instead of a place of negativity when it comes to healing these things. And mm-hmm. I just love that you said that because it's just what a different way to think about it. So how, what, like, what piece of advice would you give to someone who has Hashimoto's and gut health issues, whether it be heartburn, digest, like digestion, diarrhea, gut health, SIBO, whatever it is. (laughs) I can list them all. Should I? No. (laughs) No. What, what, like, what would be like your number one thing that you would give to them like advice wise? I think then one of the number one, if there's a lot of like number one messages, honestly, but like one of the biggest, biggest, biggest messages that I really want people to know 
is that your gut is unique. Nobody is going to have the same digestion as you. Nobody's going to have the same microbiome as you. Nobody is going to have the life experiences that you've had that have shaped your gut feelings and your own instinct. Mm -hmm. Therefore, your gut-friendly foods, your gut-friendly, you know, lifestyle strategies are going to be unique to you. One of the biggest questions I see out there is like, is so-and-so food good for my gut? Is this food good for my gut? Or does this food give you issues for like, does this food Mm -hmm. give you heartburn or does this food give you bloating? And someone will be like, no, it doesn't. And this person, yeah, it kind of does. I don't know. And, and it just goes back to the fact that there's no one universal list of good or bad foods for your gut. Mm -hmm. That's Mm -hmm. why I think the biggest message is you're knowing that your gut is unique. Therefore your gut friendly foods are, and your gut friendly lifestyle will be as well. Yes. And it's the same for Hashimoto's. I say, I preach that too. I'm like, there's no one size fits all. And it's, it's so hard because we so desperately want to feel good. And if, and just guys, for those listening, if anyone's giving you a list of foods that you need to avoid for pretty much anything, like it's probably not (laughs) customized to what you need and how your body acts. Um, and I think that's the beauty of what, what we do, both Amanda and I, is that we, we teach you how to learn your body, your trust, your gut, trust your thyroid, right? We, we teach you how to do those and Mm -hmm. guide you through figuring it out yourself because no one knows your body better than you do. And I think that that is one of the most important things when it comes to any healing journey, which most thyroid healing journeys do include a gut health journey is Mm -hmm. learning what works best for you Mm -hmm. instead of taking out and eliminating every single food under the sun Yes, and, (laughs) and not enjoying yourself or life. And I'm sure you've worked with people who have been on many restrictive diets and have tried crazy that people will want to do. Right. And I understand that. And that's why, you know, I know I'm sure in your program too, you start a lot off like off with mindset work and reducing Mm -hmm. stress and lifestyle and things like that, because that's, what's going to change the, and transform not necessarily the food. Exactly. Sometimes it's not the food. That's like the issue. I I remember I, I could point, you know, pinpoint a couple different conversations I've had with clients where, uh, one common theme is like, I, I feel like I can't figure out what food is giving me this issue, or I ate this food last time and I was fine, but this time I ate it mm-hmm. and I'm not fine, like for, you know, whatever digestion issue they're having. And then we go deeper into the conversation and it turns out, you know, there's an extremely stressful event that's been going on, but they've gotten used to it. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, they kind of have like this new level of stress so they don't automatically think they're stressed, but their body, their body remembers their body knows. And, um, so sometimes it's not the food or it could be, you know, how we're feeling or how we're eating. Uh, that's a big, big part of it. And trusting your gut is actually part of the the mindful gut approach. (laughs) That's like one of the things is, is really leaning back into that. You know, there's times where I've seen people, and they've had, uh, you know, maybe a hard time expressing how they're feeling to other, 
other others, whether it be a work setting or personal relationship setting and, and kind of bottling things in emotionally, right. you know, bottling things in physically, like, you know, maybe they're not pooping. Um, so I think these things, these two things can definitely be, be connected. And, mm-hmm. and, uh, and like you said, with like the healing part of it, there's definitely going to be aspects of healing, but if you don't have the basics down, healing can't take place. Right. You know, yeah, and it's a lot easier said than done. <laughs> yeah, seriously, <laughs> and that's why I think we both fell into what we work mm-hmm. on and how we help um, women and and people with gut health issues and thyroid issues is we went through it ourselves. Yeah, right. Like, I'm sure. Um, can you like share a little bit about your story and like how you kind of ended up here? Yeah. So a lot of my story happened a couple years ago and I was eating foods and like running to the bathroom sometimes, you know, had urgency trying to figure it out. And very much like a lot of us, I wanted to blame it on the very, very popular culprits, you know, things like dairy. I wanted to blame it on dairy or I thought, oh my God, maybe it's like wheat or gluten or, you know, all these other very common things that we hear about. And at the time, there was a lot of stressful things going on that were very kind of out of the ordinary and it wasn't something that got resolved quickly. And so this was, I was, there was a period of time where it was just kind of stressful. And as a result, um, my stomach was really kind of thrown in loops, but I didn't, I was like, it can't just be the stress. And so you, you go through this whole thing of like even questioning yourself, like, what is it, what's going on, what's happening? And it really clicked to me Uh, There was one very, very moment or memory that I have that's very vivid. And I remember coming home one one day from work and I was like a totally fine work day. But as soon as I pulled up, I just like felt a pit in my stomach for like no apparent reason. And then I thought, oh, my God, like this is because I'm kind of coming to and like back home and thinking of all the different stressors that I have here and it really like that was kind of like my light bulb moment that it wasn't Mm. just food that was the thing for me that mood was a lot of it now I've also done uh food sensitivity testing that was definitely part of of my journey and and I've also had a lot of family members the more you talk about it the more you realize like a lot of people have digestion issues but nobody (laughs) talks about it yeah (laughs) literally and so the more I started talking about it the more I realized like a lot of my family members had issues Mm-hmm. and nobody again it's not like dinner Everyone table talks about it yeah it's not like di- dinner table conversation uh but that's also when I started to get more into it when I realized that there's other like family members who've had issues and so that's when I really started to dive into like food sensitivities like I said was really the entry into it and and really realizing that certain people have certain foods that just don't make their digestion happy. And I talk about this all the time. So people who've heard me speak already know, but your listeners probably don't. Uh, I have a love-hate relationship with bell pepper. Mm-hmm. You know, that was one food that even to this day, even though that, that stressor is gone, um, still irritates me. I love bell pepper. Oh my God, Chelsea, I love <laughs> bell pepper. Uh, and so like, if you were to throw a big plate of fajitas in front of me, like I I would love to go to town, but there's a certain level that I can have before I I feel an effect of that. And which is constipation. So like I get constipated if I eat too much bell pepper, Mm. Um, again, highlighting the fact that everyone's foods are different, you know, you 
most people can probably eat bell pepper just like totally fine and not feel constipated. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, so there, that was really like the starting journey is, you know, the stressor going on in my life realizing, you know, I've had, had a lot of bouts of like urgency and like looser stools and, and then going into discovering food sensitivities and then talking about that with family and then realizing there's other people. So that was kind of my, yeah. my journey. What do you, what would you say is like the number one thing that like helped you find relief? If you had to pick one. <laughs> yeah, that's, I know. I'm like, okay. okay. <laughs> no, I know that's a really hard question. I think the number one thing at right now, when I think about it, <laughs> I feel like this might change if you were to ask me at a different time. Maybe the I would say the number one thing that helps me get through it is like twofold. Maybe like knowing that I'm not alone, mm-hmm. um, that this isn't made up in my head. Because I think yeah. there was like some periods of doubt. Like, am I make doing this to myself? I I don't know. Um, so knowing that I'm not alone and that knowing that there is a path of feeling better and knowing that this doesn't have to be my reality for the rest of my life. Yes. That path isn't easy. Like we've just described, it's, you know, very forwards, backwards, sideways, but there is a way and it doesn't have to be forever. Yeah. And I think a lot of it, you know, I can only speak on my own journeys too, but a lot of it is f- like learning your body and figuring out what's not wrong so that you can figure yeah. out what's wrong. <laughs> and because yeah. I know like for my gut health journey, I mean, gosh, ge- talk about generational gut health issues in my family and also just with my um, genetics and stuff. It's, it's a hoot. Yeah being me. No, I'm kidding. (laughs) But, um, it's, it's, I mean, especially with Hashi, I've always had issues. I've had bloating, weight gain, um, chronic fatigue, food sensitivity. Like I've had all of it forever. And, um, it took me a really long time to be accepting that like, Hey, it's not normal to be in pain or feel sick to your stomach every single day after eating a piece of lettuce. Like mm-hmm. that's not normal. And I think we, we try to, and I know I was doing this as well. I'm eating salad. I'm trying to be healthy, right? I'm trying to lose weight. I'm trying to do this. I'm trying to do that. And it took me a long time to realize, no, just that my gut is not in a place where I can break that down right now. And that's okay. Something's wrong. Let's figure it out. And I think that was like my step into it was realizing like, okay, if I can't even process lettuce, which is like supposed to be really good for me, <laughs> that there's something happening. Um, and I've even reached out to you for help and, and just being like, girl, I need, I need something. And you directed me to, to people who, who helped me as well. But I think like, if I had to give one piece of advice on this journey, it's, don't stop until you feel good because feeling like crap isn't normal for both thyroid health, gut health, any healing journey, because you deserve to feel good and not live a life where your symptoms dictate what you do every day. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, I definitely think that we can sit here and talk about like, gosh, I have so many more questions, but I know we're running out of time. So I I definitely have to have you back on because I definitely want to talk about more. 
Yeah, do a part two and maybe we'll get some reader questions too. So guys, if you're listening and you have questions for Amanda, definitely leave them um, in the review section because I think that we can really dig deep specifically on thyroid health and gut health and how they're connected, but also like how to help someone in a situation where they're going through something like this, like what the first few steps are. Um, mm-hmm. So we'll definitely have Amanda back on the podcast. Amanda, this <laughs> we'll was- do part two. Yeah, this was so good. And thank you for sharing your story. I know it's not easy to talk about, but you've helped so many women. Guys, I'm not kidding. Go check out her her Instagram, her website. Um, I think you, you have a group program that is on wait list right now. Yeah, it's going to be coming up later in this June. Um, yeah, I'm really excited about and that. This is the mindfulness yeah. So the naming everything is really hard. So I'm calling it the mindful gut. Um, and we're just going to call it that the mindful gut program. And it's yeah, rooted, rooted in this approach that I've started to develop after working with so many, so many people and starting to see some very common things that we all can do. And really, like you said, helping people learn about their own body. There's so much power, so much power when we know what feels good for us and what doesn't, because that makes us a better advocate for our own health. Mm -hmm. And that's really one of the goals of the program is to find not only what works for you, but how can I put this into practice? Yeah. In a, and not in a stressful way. (laughs) Not in a stressful way. I love it. So good. I am just, so where can everyone find you? How can they reach out to you? Yeah. So you can find me, the easiest place is Instagram. You can find me at guthealth.nutritionist on Instagram. And uh, I'm going to have a new little freebie coming out soon. And I'll be posting that most likely on Instagram. You're welcome to sign up there. And yeah, group program is coming out later this June. So if you're interested in learning about your own body and your gut and how to figure out how to make this work for you, the doors will be opening very, very soon. So good. And all of this information will be in the show notes, guys. Amanda, thank you so much for coming yeah. here. We're definitely going to have to schedule part two because I think we're going to have a ton of good questions. Um, yeah, it'll be good so much for sharing and before you leave I would just love for you to give one piece of Mm -hmm. advice for Hashimoto's warriors who are are maybe having some gut health issues okay one piece of advice that I would give if you're having some gut health issues is so in order to find like what is working for you and what's not one of the one of the tools that I use with every single one of my clients is a food and mood journal Mm -hmm. so I would start writing things down because it's so easy to forget and other benefit that a food and mood journal will do for you is it'll help you find your patterns Mm -hmm. so you know if I'm eating this and I'm feeling this because the thing about food sensitivities and we can probably dive deeper into this maybe in part two is that they're often delayed and like they're dose dependent, meaning how much you eat matters. And that's where a journal will really help you identify those two things because there's no test out there that will be able to be like, hey, Amanda, if you have this much bell pepper, uh, you're gonna be constipated. So like that's that's something you start to learn. Uh, So I think a journal would be really, really helpful with 
bringing awareness and locating patterns, specifically when you're looking at like intolerances or food sensitivities. Mm -hmm. So good. Oh, so such good advice too. I love it. Thank you, Amanda, so much. And I'm looking forward yeah. to having you on again soon. <laughs> yeah. Thank you, Chelsea.